We're going to read from the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. We are going to read two scriptures. The first one is Ephesians 2 19. Then we shall also 1 Corinthians uh, 6.19. But we begin with that one of Ephesians. Uh, it reads, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but, the, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. In whom ye also are builded together for an, for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. Is this, isn't this wonderful? You see, if you just pass, if you just read the scripture without meditating on what you're reading, you'll miss the thought you'll miss what God is telling you. But here we are told that we are builded together for an inhabitation of God. So we are God's house. We are God's habitation. Amen. We are builded by the Spirit to be a habitation. Isn't that wonderful? For you to be a habitation of God, a house of God, in whom God dwells. Amen. So we shall call this subject You are his temple You said I am his temple Personalize it I am his temple I am God's temple Amen Amen so, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God and are not your own? 
For you are brought, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God is. You may be seated. I bring to you greetings from Brother Eric, Pastor Eric, my minister companion in Dar es Salaam. He sent me greetings this morning. And also this morning, as we talked with Pastor Peterson Gwandaro, he asked me to greet you. Amen. And you know soon we'll be having brother Pastor Kihua Jackson. Are it you happy that we are surrounded and fortified with God is servant. From everywhere we are not alone. Praise be the name of the Lord. So those ministers send greetings to you. Praise God. So you are God's temple. If the scripture in 1 Corinthians says, you're, you are not, uh, let me read it exactly. It says, um, uh, and you are not your own. You are not your own. So, your hands are not your own. Your hands are not your own. Your feet are not your own. This is another scripture that speaks like this. There is another scripture still in the book of 1 Corinthians that talks about a husband and a wife and said a woman does not own her body. Her body is for her husband. And also the husband has no right over his body. But his body is for the wife. And her body is for the man. And for that reason, because you don't own yourself, he said even when you go to fast and pray, you first agree. He has to give you permission. She has to give you permission. Because that body belongs to him. And your body belongs to her. So here also, you don't own your body. Praise God. You don't own yourself. You are not for yourself. Paul said he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And Brother Branham preaching about that, he said, Your feet are Jesus' feet. So they will not dance a dance that he does not accept. Your hands are a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Your tongue is 
Jesus' tongue. It must not speak what he does not approve. Your mind, your everything, you don't own yourself. You belong to Jesus Christ. He chose you to be his dwelling place. Praise God. And when we say that, let your mind go above the ordinary understanding of that. The religious concept of that where they believe God lives in them. And they think it is naturally and is naturally living in them. But we believe that the really supernatural God comes and dwells in you through the new birth. Amen. Amen. And you become his habitation. Now if we know that we will be careful with our bodies. That's why the Bible says he that destroys the temple of God God will destroy him for destroying his temple. How do you destroy God's temple? You destroy it with sin. God is a holy God and he does not dwell in a dirty place. And what is daughter to God is sin. Sin is what makes his, uh, 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 that's what, uh, sin is what he, is what is data to him. So when your life has been, has touched sin, has handled sin, your house becomes smelling, it becomes dirty, it comes detesting to God, and he cannot dwell there. And the Bible tells us, grieve not the spirit of God by which you are sealed, until the day of your redemption. So when you identify that house. And God cannot live there. He flies. The Holy Spirit leaves. Because he is grieved. Like you cannot live in a dirty house. When a house is dirty. It is destroyed. Imagine if the system of National Water and Sewerage Corporation, if their pipe breaks through your compound, and you call them to fix it, and they refuse. What does that mean? They will have destroyed your dwelling place. They have chased you from their place. Because you cannot live in such an environment. You can sue them for destroying your temple. Your home, your dwelling place. 
Amen. Amen. So how do we destroy God's temple? If we allow the hell pipe the sin pipe to break in our life and we allow it there we don't fix it we don't block it we don't turn away we don't close that channel by repentance and calling upon the blood of Jesus to cleanse us and to turn away from wrong things. When we don't do that, we have destroyed the temple of the living God. And for the reason, for that reason, God will destroy us when we destroy his temple. Amen. That he has no place to dwell in us. That's why God. Amen. When he was uh, commanding Jesus Christ in adoption, he said, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. I'm pleased to dwell in him. Praise God. He respects me. He cares for my for my uh, for my comfort. His temple is clean. His temple is good. His temple is sweet to live in. I'm comfortable in his life. He does not grieve me. He does not, he does not offend me. Amen. He does not hurt me. I am pleased to dwell in him. This is my beloved son. And I give him now authority and power in heaven and on the earth. Everything, principality, dominion, kingdom, everything, insect, botanical life, Creep, I mean, animals, angels, everything must hear him. I give him authority. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus was always at the Father's business. He defeated Satan. Although he was tempted, but he sinned not. Yet he had a choice to make. Praise be the name of the Lord. But he chose to live a life of obedience. Total obedience to the Father. So you are the temple of the living God. May the Lord help us. Every one of us to realize that. And to walk careful. To walk married. Married. To Jesus Christ. To walk ruled. And controlled. 
To live obedient to Jesus Christ. He is our head. He is our ruler. We are his temple. We don't own nothing of our own. Praise God. If a man tells you, give me a hug, that is not your husband. You have no hug to give because your body belongs to Jesus Christ. Praise God. You have nothing to give to nobody. But only what Jesus Christ allows you. If you think you own your body and you take it from Jesus and then you give it to other things to last and other things that is a temple that is a health fire that, that is for firewood for health for, for the lack of fire. Amen. Amen. For he that destroys God's temple, God will destroy. Praise God. So the Bible says we are a holy priesthood. A royal priesthood, a holy nation called unto good works. We are not like other people. Praise God. That must stick in our minds. It must take our minds and conquer it. That we are not like other people. Praise God. We are not like other people. You are not like other people. If you are a Christian, when you chose to be a Christian, you cease to be like other people. You are not in the kingdom of this world. You are not like other people. You are not like other men. You are not like other women. You are not like other youth. You are not like other girls. You are not like other boys. No. You are a holy priesthood. You are separated and set aside for a life of service to God. You are a Nazarite. You have a Nazarite vow with God. And Nazarites are not free people. They are dedicated to God. They are separated for God. They live a separated life. They don't go where other people they don't touch what other people touch. Other people can touch dead bodies. Other people can touch vines. Other people can do any other thing. But the Nazarites are a separated people. They don't own 
themselves. Praise God. People like Samuel. When her mother gave birth to him, she gave her over to the priest. Gave him over to the priest. This child is not mine. From this day on, I give him to God to live for God, to serve in holy things, to serve in the temple. He has no freedom to go to wherever he wants to go and to live wherever he wants to live but to live for God and where God will want him and lead him that's where he must be and what God wants him to do what God wants to use him that's what he will do he is not himself he is not like other Jews he is not like other Israelites for him he is dedicated given over he is a servant of God all the days of his life and those Nazarites lived with a Nazarite sign they never cut their hair because they are not free. They have no head. Their head must be veiled. Their head is under another authority. They cannot say, I, I say this. I want this. It's my life. It's my choice. It's my decision. It's me. No. They have nothing of their own. They are under, they're just a body. Under headship. Praise God. They live like women. A woman from Bath. To death must not have a head of her own. She has no authority of her own. She has no. She is ruled. She's under headship. And that is our protection. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now you know that every head of every woman is a man. Now you know that the head of every woman is a man. And the head of every man is Christ. So don't, 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 don't worry. Even as men, we don't have a head of our own. We are under the headship of Christ. The scripture pertains to God's children. 
Because other men, Jesus is not their head. Jesus becomes your head when you receive him as your Lord and your Savior. He becomes your head because the Lord means ownership. It means you are ruling. It means you are a property of someone. It means you are a temple of someone. So every woman. Amen. Amen. The man is her head. So woman. Find your head. Zuro mutwebo. Amen. Amina. Find your head. Zuro mutwebo. If you're not a married woman, you still have a head. Praise God. A woman that is not married, her father is her head. If your father is, if you don't have a father, find some man to be your head. It may be your pastor. It may be your grandfather. Yes. Yeah. Find someone. Find a man. To be your head. Someone that you must obey. Someone that must rule you. Praise God. I look at these modern children. These modern, you know, girls and boys. The youth of today. Let me use a proper word that befits them. Renegades. This, I, it has to be my choice. It has to be my choice. You are under headship, my friend. And your daddy tells you, this is the way. Don't dress like that. Don't behave like that. Don't come in any time you want to come in. And you say, no gamba. It's my choice. Don't force me into It's my choice. It's my life. That is true. But you have a choice also to obey God or to defy God. And when you defy God, you are lost. It is your own peril. So when you say it's my choice, I have to make my decisions. Whether to obey what you're telling me or not. Oh, no.
have had children tell us that. Our own children. But even Lucifer had a choice to obey God. But to choose to disobey God was to his own peril. A right child, her choice must be one and only one. To obey a godly parent. He is showing you the word. You have no choice but to obey. If, if you will have life. There is no any given time. That a woman that must not be under a man herdish. There is not such a time. So if you're here and you're a sister, or you're a woman, seek for your head and obey it. And cover yours. And cover yours. If that tells you that skirt is so short, obey and it. Go on down. If it tells you that dress is so tight on you, don't put it on again. Obey. If he tells you no, we are going for the convention. We are not going to attend auntie's wedding. And you obey. Or you have no head. That's why you see you have long hair. Let's not do things while not meaning them. And we keep long hair. Yet we don't mean or we don't fulfill its meaning. Even if you are a school child. The message we have to walk in the message. And we obey the message every step. If we are to receive the token. There is a girl who called me those days. And she told me, Pastor, Pastor. They took me to a school. And they forced me to cut my hair. I pleaded with my family. But our family members believers. These family members call themselves believers. Others are even here. And they told me, Ah, you be patient. Cut your hair. And they told me, bear with this, cut your hair, you'll grow it after the HSC. 
Because at the university you will not be forced to cut your hair. So I cut off my hair. But I feel peaceless. And I told her they are wrong. It is, so sad. it is so sad that we have make believers in church. The child wants to obey the word. But it is you who is pushing her to disobey because of studies. When I look at you, the mixed multitude that followed Israel. I see what the Bible calls the mixed multitude that followed Israel. If I saw such a girl, in such a day where people don't mind what the word says, how to do all that is possible. To encourage the obedience to God that is in our heart. We are in a day where people disobey God. They don't care. They treat God's laws as if He never said them. It is only the elect. It is only just a few. Places a few hearts that have some light in, them, in this world that is full of darkness. Where you find someone say, I want to obey God. Let them be encouraged. I'd rather take my child or my brother or my sister to a school that is lesser in performance. But where she's going to work with God. Amen. Amen. Those who stand for God, God will stand for them. Do you want God to work with that girl into her future? All you want her to move by the power of flesh. To lean on the arm of flesh. Yes, Praise God. Blessed be the people whose God is Lord. They don't win wars because of the chariots and because of the horses and because of their numbers. They win wars because of the presence of God. Some trust in horses and trust in chariots but we trust in the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe because you have set your heart to fear my name. Says God, I will also save you in the time of trouble. A woman must have her head veiled. Even when she's a young girl, she's under authority. She has no head of her own. 
but a man. Even when she's still young, she must be under man. The head of every woman. Every woman. Her head is a man. When you are still under your father's house. Your father is your head. And I have always said and believed. That a girl who defies the father. She don't risk, you can't risk you taking such a woman. Oh, yo. She She's not worthy a woman to marry. If she cannot fear her parents and obey her parents, how will she obey you? I wasn't planning to speak those words. They have nothing really so much to do with my sermon. But. Amen. Brother Pranam said. Brother Bram Yagamba. Any man who allows his wife to come out of the house dressed wrong, he will answer on the door of judgment. In other words, if the woman is stepping out of God's word, the man must rule her. And you women, when you're marrying, look for a man who has some backbone. Look for some man who has a nerve to rule you. Don't subject yourself under a jellyfish. Because you your safety is to be under man. You need protection. You need safety. So you need a man. Not a jellyfish. You need a man. A real man of God. Who can tell you. Let us pray. He brings the Bible. Puts it upon the table. Read the scripture. And say let us pray. He brings the message. Plays it. And said you see what the prophet told us. This is the way. Walk in it. A real man. Who can tell you no, sister? That is contrary to the word of God. Praise God. Recently I was on a net with some preachers and some preachers were saying they don't believe, they don't believe in courtship and, and dating. 
Because they are worried people will stray, will fall. Well, no one can protect another. There is no enough wall you can build around a girl. Praise God. But if she has found a real man of God, a real saint, a real believer, not this rickies. But a real believer, Daddy, Daddy, you have a right to dictate on who should go out with your daughter. And who you should never allow because you are in church. If you see and the the, 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 the the safety thing. The safety thing is for our girls to have friends who are believers because something tells them that they should have a friend. So if your daughter has found a real man of God and he wants to be a little bit close to her don't say no 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 that's not allowed brother Branham said brother Branham Boy was not enough nerve to go to the father's home and ask for the girl. He has no business going out with her. In other words, a real Christian who has a clean and good intention for the girl of a believer is someone who can go to the home freely as a child of God he is a friend to that girl and said daddy I'm asking to go with her to the supermarket there we are coming back soon and that is protection to the girl herself than for her to get friends who are ungodly. Are we together? Praise God. And the father has a right to choose whether that is the right person. Because we are in the same church, we know them. If it's not the same church, it should be a church you trust. 
And if it's a church you trust, you can find out from the pastor of that church whether that brother that is trying to get close to your daughter, whether he's the right pastor. Amen. Before you marry, outside the church, you must be sure of where you are going, whether you approve that ministry or not. Praise God. To me, that minister should be in good fellowship with your church. Because if they are not in fellowship, it's already a sign that you are, you are losing something. Why are they not in good fellowship? Are you also ready to step out of the fellowship that you believe has nurtured and been a blessing to you? Because when you marry, sometimes that is the end of your fellowship. But the Bible says we are one body. The early church had no assemblies of God and full gospel and every deliverance. It was one church of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were in one mind and in one accord and they were one body one baptism, one faith. Praise God. But it's no longer like that. And don't tell me that everything that is called church is a bride of Jesus Christ. And don't tell me that everything that is called message church is message church. No. No. But in the message church, God has his bride And you must choose where you believe that the direction they, they are taking and their discernment they have for the message is the Proper one, and it will take you through. So, if you're marrying outside your local church, you got something of the like precious faith. So, that the same vision is not lost. But if you're a make believer, you can fall anywhere where the word message covers you. Because you are looking for leaves where to hide. You have no revelation. You don't know what you're looking for. So you want anywhere to be covered. Because religion means covering. 
And now when you find that church if someone is quoting you or asking you for is dating you from a church like that we must find out from his pastor who he is. Not you coming to us when you are, you are very far. You have you are so much in 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 courtship through WhatsApp and through Facebook. And you are so deep. And you are just coming to inform us. Because anyway, there is a religion covering where you feel it allows you. So we may say, go on. Because if God gives a permissive will, who are, who are us not to give a permissive will, some marriages we give a permissive will. And some of them we will warn you and warn you and and say but the choice is up to you. If it is in the boundaries of the umbrella. We will not say no. But if we see there is something wrong, we will warn you. When I say not every message church, let me repeat it. And I, I'm not sorry for my words. Amen. Amen. And this is not a holier than thou attitude, no. This is the truth. The message church where we are distant cousins. Spiritually. Spiritually. And the spirit that rules and reigns and anoints them is very different. I was told recently by some trusted minister just in one of our neighboring countries where a young minister felt felt hungry for God. And he went to pray to seek God. And as he was praying, God came down and filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he was so happy. He came in church and he gave a testimony. I went to hide to see God and God filled with him with the Holy Spirit. And the church was cold. And the pastor was cold. And that was the end of him being allowed to preach. 
Because they don't believe. You should seek the Holy Ghost. And they don't believe that there is need for an experience. They believe once you believe the message. You have the Holy Ghost. So the attitude was you mean us who don't have the things you're talking about you mean we don't have the Holy Ghost but it's a message church so those ones are distant cousins if you take away the basm of the Holy Ghost from the message, you remain with a shell. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And Brother Branham warned us that without the basm of the Holy Spirit, you will not make it to the rapture. And that means without the basm of the Holy Spirit, you are not in the bride. Because the bride does not come in the second resurrection. The bride Miss Jesus on the rapturing day. And it will take all that have the bosom of the Holy Spirit. And Brother Branham did come just to prepare a church natural. He did not come to prepare people who will find by Surprise that they are on the right hand on the door of judgment and they are called sheep. And he will tell them, I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger to come in. That's not what brought Malachi forth. That one, even the Anglican church can prepare. Even the Pentecostals can prepare. But what brought Elijah is to prepare the bride of Jesus Christ. And the bride goes in the rapture. And without the bosom of the Holy Spirit, you are not going into the rapture. That means you are not in the bride. Without the Basm of the Holy Spirit. So any ministry that takes away the basm of the Holy Spirit, it is working against the message. Not for the message. Huh? All right. Praise God. Mukama attended his way. It's high time ministers take their stand to separate between the clean and the unclean. Between right and wrong. Praise God. So I was saying. Woman is under headship. If you want to marry. Even having a friend. Amen. Amina. Uh, it must be someone. 
that is approved by your father. Is that right? And your father can seek the help of the pastor. To know whether he could allow that or not. We are under authority. Are we together, church? Amen. Amen. So, when someone thinks uh, that there is no need for, date, for dating, here is a quote. Say, I've got to know what I'm doing before I can have faith in what I'm doing. Why would you marry your wife? You had faith in her. You had tried her. Watched her. Seen what she came from. Who she was. You must be very sure of what you're taking. But if it is some person who doesn't have respect even for the parents. Do you know that's one of the greatest curses of the last days? That children will not obey their parents. The Bible says, Honor your parents that your days may be many. Amen. Amen. Brother Brown said that's the first commandment Brother with promise. Amen. Amen. That your days may be many. So some of you youth, if you don't obey your parents, you are in trouble. Amen. Amen. It's a great blessing for a child who says, my daddy don't like this. I will not do it. My mother warned me against this. Mama, I will not do it. Have I just strayed there? One time God told Jeremiah, Go to the home Rachab. of the Rachabites. And I will give my word unto thee from there. Tell them, take them wine and serve it to them and give it to them. And he went and he put their table for them. He served them wine and he told them, come and drink. And they said, our grandfather, Yonadab, he forbid us from drinking wine. 
Even if you are a pastor, even if you are a prophet, but our grandfather, Yonadab, Yonadab, he forbid us from drinking wine. And we don't drink wine because our grandfather refused our clan to drink wine. The other children of Israel would take wine. For your information, wine is, was a, a good drink. Like a soft drink. In those days, in the Bible times, there are many scriptures that we can quote to prove that. And even the drunkards use those scriptures to prove their point. But they are wrong. Today it is not right. A spirit of drunkenness entered it. But those days, it was like Usera. But their father, for some reason, told them, my family, my people, never drink wine. And they say, yes, yes And they kept it, fearing and obeying the word of their father. They said, no. Thank you. But we cannot drink. We do not drink in obedience to the commandment of our grandfather. And the word of God came upon him. Say, thus says the Lord. Speak to the house of Israel. The Rachabites, they obey. The word of their grandfather to now. But you. Who are supposed to be my family. You don't obey my word. The Rechabites were not children of Israel. Do you remember those Canaanite tribes who. When Israel came, they were supposed to be killed. And some men made a trick. They said, if we remain here, we shall be killed because these people have come for all of us. Let us pretend that we come from very far. Uh, we go and uh, ask them to, to spare us. So they put on some tattered clothes and, and they, they put on a tired face of a thick face. They came as if they have come very from very far. And they said, we are a people who have come from very far. But we had your fame. And what God, your God is doing for you. And we desired that we come well, among you, 
So that we be your servants. Fetching firewood for you. And fetching water for you. And Joshua made a covenant with them. To live with them and to spare them. To be fetchers of wood and fetchers of fire. Of water. And later on. He discovered. They tricked him. They beguiled him. So, but he had already made a covenant with them that he could not break. He called them and said, why did you deceive me? But because I made a covenant with you, I cannot kill you. But you shall be forever fetchers of wood and water. You will not prosper beyond that. That is the family. They were not children of Israel. But God had a people he called his people. His children. And now he realized that the other ones they obeyed their father. Then his children obeys him. And he blessed the Rachabites for obeying their father, not taking one. And he pronounced a backers upon those who defy his word. Are we together? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that is the family. Praise God. They obey their father. We don't drink. And God was very happy. About them obeying their father's word. Praise God. So. We must obey our father. Amen. We Amen. must obey our Father and live. Now, we are coming from the orders of, of authority. We are saying a woman, she has a Nazarite covenant with God to be and a man. The man is ahead. If she's still a girl and her father's house, her safety, her protection is to be under man. And that man is her father. She must not defy her father. But live in the life of obedience to the father. The Bible says. In Numbers 30. Can we turn there? Chapter 2, verse 2. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word, he shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Praise God. 
okulaganya obulamu bw'endagaano tavumisanga kigambo ki anakola ngabyo na bwebiri ebifuruma mukamwake like some of you make pledges to give money to the Lord and you never keep it. You, you need to be reminded by the treasurer or the trustees. What kind of believer are you? God keeps his word. If you're a child of God, you must keep your word like God does. Amen. Amen. I remember a Pentecost, not a Pentecostal message. This was a message church. I was still a student. They were going to build a church. No, they were going to buy a church plot. And I and I pledged. Pledged 40,000. I don't remember. But that was a lot of money at that time. And I was a student. And then something happened that I had to leave that church. But even when I left the church, I had to look for that money to take it back to that church and say, before I left, I had pledged. Here is the fulfillment of my pledge. And this is was this was a church where we didn't we didn't agree spiritually. Because you are, I have to fulfill my word. So that's what it is. But three, if a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond. Being in her father's house in her youth. And her father hear her vow. And her bond wherewith she has bound her soul. And her father shall hold his peace at her. Then all her vows shall stand. And every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her. In the day that he heareth no end of her vows. Huh? Not any of her vows. All of her bones. Wherewith she has bound her soul. Shall stand and the Lord shall forgive her. Because her father disallowed her. Neyera ganya endagano ngali mu nyumba ya kitawe mu butobwe kitawe na ulirowe ya mubwe nendagano jalaganyiza obulamu bwe kitawa na musirikirira kale obwe ya mubwe bonna buna kitawe na musirikirira ndo chibochiri kitawe na musirikirira kitawe na musirikirira era obwe ya mubwe bonna buna nyweranga na bulindagano jalaganyiza obulamu bwe enenyweranga God also respects your father. Again, a Mukama na musonyi wanga kubanga chitawe Kubanga omutwegwe Because her head Gweguganye Is the one that has refused And if she had 
at all an husband when she vowed or uttered ought out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul. And her husband heard it and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it. Then her vows shall stand, and her bones, wherewith she bound her soul, shall stand. But if her husband disallowed her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make a vow which she vowed, and that which she uttered with her lips. Wherewith she bound her soul, all none effect, of none effect. And the Lord shall forgive her. Ebenimwajeyejayogeranga Kale anajulanga owe ya muwe ovuri kuye. Nemi mwaje yejogede nga yangu iliza. Buwanara ganyi zobula muwe ilamo kama anamu sonyu wanga. Tuliwa mawa Luganda. Are we together brethren? Let me give you an example. Kambawe chokula birako. There is a family, there is my family friend. Waluo family friend wangu. Those, that family, family the woman gave me cow. You know how Wanyankore give cows? You promise of giving your cow. And then you prepare to go and pick it. And now when the woman gave me a cow, I prepared to go pick it. And it was, she had cows. And the husband had hers. But she asked her, which cow are you giving out? She said, that's Haifer. The man said, but you know, we have very few cows here. And the children are going back to school. No, you shall not allow that cow to go out. And that was it. In the sight of God. She has no sin before God. But if the husband heard about it and okayed it. But if he hears and disallows it. That woman is not guilty before God for breaking her word. Because she has no head but her husband. Praise God. Every woman is head. Every woman her head is the man. That's why you have long hair. You must never visit a saloon to touch them with a laser. You must never. 
That's why even I asked you some time back. You play, who played your hair? You who played your hair? Are you sure? When you go back to the saloon, where it's being plated, don't they use some razors to cut? Are you sure they don't oh, cut even a piece of your hair? If they cut only one hair, you are guilty before God for worshiping God with a, a shaven head. It means you have disallowed God to be your head. Because when you disallow man to be your head, you disallow God to be your head. Because the man's head is Christ. Praise God. So a girl who is not yet married, her father is ahead. And then, Amen. The worried woman, when she, I mean, when this girl marries, it is one head switched to another head. The father must not rule her in her husband's house. Because he gave her over to another head. So if you choose a wrong head, that's up to you. You must be careful the kind of head you are choosing. If you are a head who is going to tell you you are stupid, you are foolish, you are Recently, a sudden sister called me and she was telling me how much she's harassed by the husband who is a minister. How she ab he abuses her. Sometimes even beats her. And tell her she, he wishes even she can die. Every nasty abuse. Just like a rug. Even before the children. And I felt sorry for that woman. It's unfortunate that she chose such a head. But before you marry there, you are also given a right by God to accept that head coming floating that it wants to rest on your body. Look at the heads moving around. Ah, this one, no. Dodge it, let it pass. Hey, if you look at a head and you really believe it, that it is a sober head. Don't you accept every head that comes by? Some marriages, 
You regret. It, is, it would have been better if you remained single. Some of you fear that you are growing up. What are you growing? We have seen sister years marrying at 50 years. Amen. Amen. At 45 years. And they get married. chance. Hey, the one who has remained single has a chance. The one who has remained single has a chance. Rather than you is going to get married to a mad head. The one that you say, eh. And yet you can no longer live. You can no longer live. Even if you come out of there, that head still remains on you. You run away from that head, but you won't leave it behind. Even if you board a plane, you go to England and live there. That head will remain on you. Whether the head is in Katakui and you are in the United Arab Emirates, that head will still be on you until it will go to the grave. That's when you will survive it. <laughs> that is the word of God. Now you must remain single. You have a chance. And this one who says, let, let me accept any head that comes around. You cannot accept any head that comes around. How many years have you been with Ibirunji? But recently her head came. The head that is full of anointing and a word. Yes! <laughs> Hallelujah! Now if she committed herself to a head. And really <laughs> and she reaches a time and says, Ah, this one I want to manage. At least I'd rather remain alone. Would she receive that chance? Thanks be to the Lord. That's what it means. Now, after you get that head, you have to obey it. And that's the safety of the woman. Because it is the safety of the church. When the church is under Christ, the church is ruled. We are ruled. There is no there is no one who is free to do whatever he wishes to do. And you woman, you are blessed. You who has a head that is under Christ. Do you understand that? You woman, you are blessed. You who has a head that is under Christ. And your husband is ruled by Christ. That is what I mean. You are blessed. Hallelujah. 
Amina. But let me go the other it is the Holy Spirit who took me there. Let me not hurry to leave that point. Because this is not what I prepared to speak. It is the Holy Spirit who took me there. It is the sister who asked me there. Why is it that in your preachings you talk so much about marriage? Marriage yet Taproot. Marriage is the taproot of the kingdom of God. And when the devil came in the garden of Eden, his target, he put his target on the marriage. Hallelujah! When he spoiled marriage, Human race, you're spoiled all human race. Amen. Amen. So I say, let me go back to that point a little bit. You heard. Know that you're not the far biological father of that girl. She has her parents. Whether they are believers, whether they are not. No one can love your child more than you, the parent. However bad she is. Now that father also is not a believer. She, he loves her daughter. Now if you became the head. Know that you took the place. You took the place of her parent. And you have to keep loving that woman with a heart on her. Like the heart of her like the heart that her parent would have on her. There is a behavior. There is a way the father cannot treat her daughter. If you treat that woman that way, you will answer There's a brother I want to rebuke. He has come to my mind. I pray that he forgives me before I rebuke him. Brother, no? This brother, he beat his wife, almost killing her. And she escaped narrowly. 
That was like the second time. Ogwasoka, the first time, we went and reconciled with them. And he promised he will never do it again. He knelt down before the parents, before with the ministers. When the woman came back, it didn't take even two months and he beat her, almost killing her. The neighbors were standing in the windows feeling that if we would get a chance to get hold of him, this is an animal. That's not the issue. But today, he utters words like we the ministry, we the ministry, that we are the ones who have failed his marriage. That is the issue. Because maybe he thinks we ought to force the woman who feels that she fears him like we would fear an animal that we should force her and she goes back I don't understand that. If I'll ever hear that again, I will tell that brother to go to another church. You've beaten your wife. You've trampled over her. Blood has gushed over the walls. You've taken hold of her wanting to twist her neck. She has pleaded. Somehow, somehow she survives narrowly. And she says, since I've survived this time, I will never go back. Who do you expect to force her to come back to you? Should we also harass her like you? She's our sister. She's our sister in God. We have to take care of her. We are not the ones who told her not to go back to that person. For you ought to be in prison. Thank God that you're still moving freely. And then you say that, it, that it is the ministry that has failed your marriage. Why don't you fear God? How many times shall you sin? You've sinned to a human being. Now even trying to sin against the ministry. May God help you. But the point is, the father of that girl, can he treat her that way? 
If he can't treat her that way and he has never treated her that way he loves her daughter and he respects her. Why should he take her hand and hand her over to such sorrows It's because you deceived him. The Bible says they shall deceive many. You deceived him that you are a believer. So all all of you who married someone's daughter, you respect them love them take care of them like their parents would do it whether she's bad you rather take her back to her home and you remain alone and she remains alone rather than killing her because a position that position that you took is of her father's position. If her father cannot do that to her, don't do it to her. If her father cannot abuse her with such words, don't you abuse her with such words. And if you would bring back the scene when you're swearing, you said, you, you, you said, I will love you. I will honor you. You see, that's why personally, I like repeating exactly Brother Branham's Marriage covenant. I don't want to add in my own styles. Because I'm sure he was God's mouthpiece for us. Your God will be my God. Your God will be my God. And you are my God will be my God. Where you lodge, I will lodge. How do you know whether this person, his God will remain Jesus? Your God will be my God. That is not there in Brother Branham's words. Someone can change a God anytime. Sister, you are not bound to a wrong God. His God will be your God as long as he remains worshipping Jesus Christ. As long as Jesus remains his head. Because 
Unless there is that clause in that marriage vow. Your God will be my God. If. If. You remain a believer. Let them, those who make those kind of covenant, let them put that close. But if you simply say you are going to be my God, what if tomorrow his God becomes Trinity? But if tomorrow his God becomes world, the world, what if tomorrow he will worship Buddha? Recently I had another vow. I submit to you and to your love. And then later on it was if you love me. Then I'll, then I'll submit to you. To your love. A woman submits to love. No. Whether he loves you no or not, you must submit to him. The Bible says, submit your husbands. There are no conditions. No conditions. Women. Submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. And obey them as you obey the Lord. Live such a life of submission and obedience whether he loves you or not. He will answer for his part. Why he didn't love you when you were submissive. Take the example of this woman who was murdered to a drunkard who would come in at night and harass her. But she still remained a Christian. She still remained a believer. One time they were discussing with the fellow drunkards in their drinking joint. And the drunkard said, like these hypocrites who deceive who either they are Christians there is no Christian they are all hypocrites the man said what you are saying I don't know what you are saying but it is not true that there is no Christian. If you don't know any, me, I know one. My wife, she is a Christian. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We are living episodes that are read by all men. 
My wife is a real Christian. Oh, blessed be the name. Said, no, 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 don't tell us about it. Said, if you're saying, if you are refuting what I'm telling, let us go home. I will prove my power. So they, they went home. The man knocked the door. And the woman opened. And they sat. Amen. In the, they sat in the, they sat. The woman received them with a gentle, comely Christian spirit. She is a believer. She is receiving a drunken husband as a real boss, as a real Lord. And then she brought food at the table. The man looked at it and cast. And push the table. Say, so you foolish woman. What kind of food is this that you can prepare for me? And the plates shook and fell. And the woman stood and, and Apologized and said, My husband, forgive me. I, I didn't think that you won't love it. But give me another chance. I'll go and cook another food. That I expect perhaps you like it. And she gathered the plates. And she cleaned the soup. And she put the table right. And she went back to the kitchen. And she started preparing. As she was singing. She wasn't cursing. She wasn't abusing. But she was singing. Must Jesus bear the cross alone. And all the world go free. There is a cross for me. And there is a cross for you. This consecrated cross I'll bear. Till death shall make me free. And the drunkards were stricken with conviction. They said, we have never seen such a woman. No other you can treat like this. And she remains calm. By the time she arrived, they were on the knees praying and repenting. Where was love? Where is love was she submitting to? She was obeying God is one. Submit yourselves to your husbands. Obey them. Praise God. She was submitting to cruelty. But respecting God is one. There are no ties to your submission. And then the Bible says, For the men 
to love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, these times exactly our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are things we ask God. And it takes years and years and years without giving them to us until you can say, but why me, Lord? There are many of us even who live in the wrong never molested even in the wrong. I see wicked prospering. I see wicked having good things. But why me, Lord? And God keeps quiet. Praise God. He keeps quiet. He does not give it to you. And he does not give you a reason why. But you must serve him. To the end. Who are you to say. Lord I can't serve you. You are not a good God. Who are you. Where do you come from. Even your existence. It is him. It is his choice and his grace. Praise God. And Job said, Though he slay me, I will still love him. I will still serve him. And Brother Branham said, Though he slay me, I will serve him. And if he chooses to take me to hell, if there is love in the hell, I will still love him in the hell. That is our God. We cannot live without him. Amen. To live for God and to serve him is an opportunity. It is a blessing. There must not be conditions. Job said, Shall we get only good things from God? Must we serve him because he has given us good things around us? Because you know that's what the mind of Satan. The job is serving God because he's fortified with good things. Who can you give what you have given Job? Hey. And he doesn't obey you. So the test was even without these after things Job still loves me and Job is still my faithful servant and Job passed the test he passed the test shall we get all the good things from the Lord I came from my mother's room with empty hands I'll go back with empty hands God gave God has taken away. May his name be glorified. He overcame the devil. 
Brothers and sisters, a child of God must stand and cling to the Lord regardless of the trials, regardless of the suffering, regardless of what is present, what he has and what he doesn't have, regardless of anything, anything of this world must come as a bonus but not as a condition to serve God. Amen. Amen. And when God sees that you are determined, you are determined to serve him, whether you are sick or whether you are healthy, whether you have a job or whether you don't have it, whether you are eating chicken or dusty sawdust, when God sees that, that's what pleases him. And if there is something that can defeat Satan, if there is a blow you can give to Satan, to kick his nose is when you stand and meet his trial and you say though he slay me yet I will trust him my God is able to deliver me from this fiery furnace but if he will not deliver me still I will obey him I will rather Trust him, my God, than to break his word. Praise God. And Paul, when he prayed to God to help him, to deliver him out of his trial. God answered back. My grace is sufficient to you. For my strength is made known in weakness. And Paul prayed for the dead they raised. Paul prayed for blind people. Their eyes opened. Paul prayed for cripples. And the cripples walked. And he prayed for his eyes. We had a problem. And God refused to heal him. Paul must have gone to the grave. With those eyes. God only told him. My grace. Is sufficient to you. For my strength. Is manifest. In weakness. And he said when we are weak. That's when we are strong. Nothing shall separate me. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Be tribulations, be trials, be hunger, be luck, whatever comes. Whatever is present, whatever is future, no affliction that hell has. That can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's what has the devil. That's what disarms him. 
And it remains useless. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He remains defeated like Pharaoh. When he saw his armies all swallowed by the Red Sea. He said, Israel. Now I give up. Praise God. If the devil knows. That there is something he can do. And cause you to forsake the Lord. He will do it. Praise God. But when you prove. There is nothing. That can separate you. Like Brother Bram said. If he decides to take me to hell. If it's possible to love God there. I will still love him there. What about before you go there? What has happened to you? That has made your heart cold. Is there any trial? Is there any trial? That is equivalent to hell. Amen. Amen. Nothing should make your heart cold toward God. God. Praise God. And that is the kind of covenant that a wife must make with her husband. Praise God. No conditions, no strings. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the husband makes a, a covenant. I will love you. I will cherish you. I will honor you. I will forsake all others. And cleave to the only. Till death do us part. Then, brother, when you are abusing her, how foolish and how stupid she is. Is that what you promise? Does that fit? Does that agree with your covenant? How do you break your covenant? And then you want to find scapegoats. Whether she obeys you or not. And that is like my Lord. So many times. I have failed him. But he has never left me. He has never dropped me. He still loves me. Oh hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. How many times have you sinned before God? How many times have you hurt him? How many times have you offended him? But he still loves you. Praise God. He still cares for you. He still nourishes you. That is like Jesus Christ.
He doesn't love us because we are obedient. He loves us even when we are dirty. He loves us even when we are wrong. He loves us even when we break his word. Even when we break his laws. He still loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son. The world was no good. The world was disobedient. The world was evil. When God loves me, He gave His Son. To say, when I was dirty, when I was disobedient, when I was a rebel, when I was even wicked, even from that time, I've made many mistakes. But He never quit loving me. He still loves me. Praise be the name of the Lord. Oh, I want to tell the devil that God. Has a, a, a covenant with me. It's called a non-conditional covenant. Oh, not when you do, I will do. When you're good, I will fulfill what I promise you. But he says, it doesn't matter about what you do. I will still love you. And I will still perform my word to you. Oh, hallelujah. Abraham was given an unconditional covenant. Praise God. When God gave him a promise, he vowed for his life. If I don't fulfill what I promise you, let me die. That's what God committed himself into. Abraham made many mistakes. Praise God. But at the end of the day, when God was giving reports about Abraham, he said, but he staggered not in unbelief. Concerning the promise. Then where did Ishmael come from? If that's not a stagger. If we bring Abraham to our human court. We will condemn him. But God in his court. Amen. Amen. Of the non-conditional covenant. God in his love court. He said Abraham staggered not in unbelief concerning the promise. Praise God. Why? Why? God, Katonda. Amen. Amina. God Katonda. had nothing against Abraham. Katonda. He wasn't Abraham. depending on Abraham. Abraham. He was not looking at Abraham. It was not Abraham's goodness. Abraham. He did not put his eyes on Abraham. Abraham. He put his goodness. Amen. Upon the sacrifice. He looked at the atonement. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
Amen. Amen. The church of Jesus Christ is perfect before him this morning. It is spotless and it is sinless because God don't look to man or he doesn't look at man. He looks at his son Jesus Christ. Before God, I am sinless. I am perfect. I have not staggered. I have never fallen before God. I am not forgiven but I am justified. Why? That is love. Amen. He loves us as our husband regardless whether we are obedient or not. That is our head. Praise be the name of the Lord. That is our relationship with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, no Rachel. Amen. I don't know whether I should go into my subject or not. But just maybe just one quote. But when Christ is identified in you, identifying himself, then you are Christ-like. Which the word Christian means to be Christ-like. There is your identification. Alright. Now and since he is our identification, then we should be identified with him by living for him. Notice, God has had a threefold purpose in this great mystery secret which mystery secret God coming in flesh. God in his great mystery secret that he had before the world began. He has got a threefold purpose in it. And now what we want to go upon this morning is what is that threefold purpose? Now I believe by the help of God who is present he will show it to us. Now if he had this three, four purpose we want to find out what is this three, four purpose. The first thing was that God wanted to reveal himself to his people. That is the first thing. That's why God was made flesh. To reveal himself to his people. Amen. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Amen. Praise God. God also wants you to see him. He couldn't do it as a great Jehovah God who covered all space, time, and eternity. He could not. He is too great to ever be revealed to a people. 
Because it would be too mysterious. How could that great being that never did begin that after you went beyond the cycle of a hundred of hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of light space. And on out into the infinite. Into eternity. And a great creature. That was all. And still is. But what he wanted to do, he allowed fatherhood. For he was a father. And the only way that he could express it was to become a son. A man. That's the reason Jesus kept saying the son of man. See, they didn't know what he was talking about. Many of them. But now you get it. He wanted to express himself. That was his, one of his great Three, four purposes. To express himself, identify himself with human beings. To reveal himself in Christ. Secondly, to have the preeminence in his body of believers that is his bride that he might live in people. God wants to live in you. You are his temple. One, God wants to reveal himself to you. That you know that he is. He's not a myth. He's not a mystery. But he is a his revealed. He wants to reveal himself to you that you know he is and who he is. Praise God. Now he could do that in Adam and Eve. Amen. Now secondly I said to have preeminence in his body of believers. That is his bride that he might live in people. So after knowing God is, then he wants to come and dwell in you. You cannot invite one that you don't know. Amen. So we saw him in Christ Jesus. And we saw what he is and what he can do. So we invite him in our life that he might live in us. Now he could do that in Adam and Eve. But sin separated them. Now, so now, there had to be some way to get it back again. Oh my. Oh, when this is 
He said, this is rich to me. Just to think of it. See what God's purpose was. Now why didn't they just keep Adam and Eve like that? Why didn't he just keep Adam and Eve? Then he would never be able to express his fullness. His full attribute. Do you believe God had power to keep Adam and Eve like From falling. But if he kept them that way. The attributes of God. That we would not have. We would never know. How would you know that God is a healer? If there was no sickness. How would you know God is a savior? If there was no sin. If you never fell. How would you know God is a provider? If you never lacked. Thank God for your afflictions. And your troubles and needs. They are there to prove. That God is your shepherd. And God is your buckler. And he is your shield and fortress. Praise God. How do we praise God for saving Daniel from the lion's den if he didn't have the enemies around him who pushed him to that place? How do we, how do we praise God for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if there was no enemy and pressure to bow to the idols of Babylon. So the trials have to come and when they come, they come to prove the greatness of God. Amen. Amen. You remember child they brought to Jesus Christ. And then they asked Jesus who sinned. Is this, is this, this, is it this one? Or it is his parents that is paying for the sin of his parents. He said, neither him nor his parents but this happened for the glory of God to be revealed. So brother, sister sister Count it a testimony. When you see the enemy come like a flood again. Amen. Amen. So he could have been, uh, he could have been a father there. That's true. But also he's a savior. You say, how do you know he was? He is because I've had the experience. Since he, he is a savior. 
How many can say Jesus is Bameka my servant? Where did he serve you from? Do you have an experience Oli of his serving power? I know he's a savior. Because there are things that I could never help myself out of until Jesus took them out of my life. By his supernatural power. So I know he is a savior. Amen. Amen. And he had to express that. And how could he do it? On a through Christ. How could he be a son? On a through Christ. How could he be a healer? On a through Christ. See, all things are wound up in that one person. When I think of it, just see denominations pass off the sin and everything else just going See, when I see God's great purpose, revealing himself and having first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and then to bring that fullness of the Godhead bodily into a people, that he could have the preeminence the oversight, the leading, you see how he had preeminence in Jesus Christ. And the son could do nothing on his own. But what he saw the father do. He lived in full obedience. In full headship of the father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that was an example of how he wants to live in you. Another one, the night if you didn't get the tape, I preached here one night on a prisoner of Jesus Christ. For a prisoner, see? When God gets you to be his prisoner, then you can't do nothing but what the Spirit says do. Paul with all of his great intellect, he was taught by Gamaliel to be a great priest or rabbi. Someday, and he had high ambitions. He was intellectually a great man. Great authority, great man in the nation. But he had to sacrifice every bit of it. See, to become part of the world. To express Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It is when you are a prisoner to Jesus Christ that you will express him. He had a notion to go over some place. Some brethren had called him, but he was forbidden by the Spirit to do his own will. If people have spiritual can pick that up. 
See? He was forbidden to do his own will. The spirit forbid him. He was a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Then this little fortune teller one day, who he would not, he had power to cast that devil out. But he could only do it as God willed it. Day after day she followed him. Crying out after him. But one day the spirit gave him permission. He rebuked her. The spirit that was in her. He knew what it was to be a prisoner. Moses his intellectuals he had to lose them in order to find Christ to be a prisoner that when God got all the world beat out of him and all of his mighty all of his mighty man that he was and standing in the presence of that pillar of fire that day he was, he was just he was found just speechless he didn't even could, couldn't even talk he said God had a prisoner then see you won't try after your own searching. Then God had to endure to endure this man or oh, endure him with power enough that he could go down there. And he said, Lord, I told fellow what you said and he wouldn't do it. He said, then take this thy road. God speaking. No, God speaking. That's God's word. Go out there and point it toward the east and call for flies. And flies come in creation because he had a prisoner that fellow couldn't pay off with nothing. Nobody else could turn him no way. He was a complete prisoner in the chains of God's word. Bound up only to that, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Why is the prophet preaching saying these words? Because in these last days, God will have such prisoners. God is looking for prisoners that he can rule and he can guide and lead. Praise God. The God can fill their temples. The people that are fully submitted to him. And surrender to his word. And nothing can turn them. 
in any way from that says the Lord. And when that happens, then you're going to see God's power. Praise be the name of the Lord. God is seeking that. Praise God. To show himself. To show his glory. To show his power. All the battles that was won in, 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 in the Bible. No, they were not won by man. Goliath was not won by David. It was God in David. Amen. Amen. It was not Samson. Samson. It was God in Samson. Samson. It was not Moses. It was God in Moses. But God always wants a skin that he can hide in. That skin is the temple. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, if God can get him prisoners like that. Now that's when he can express the pro the prim, the preeminence. He's God the man. Oh, the person. So that he knows nothing but Christ. You get what I mean? That's secondary. First to express himself completely. God in Christ. Second. To have the preeminence. But this in his church. Which is his body. The bride. Till he could have the preeminence. To express himself. Through them. And thirdly. To restore the kingdom to its rightly position that fell by sin by the first Adam back to where he walked in the cool of the evening with his people talked with them, fellowshiped with them. Amen. And now sin and death had separated them from his presence and his entire expression. Do you read it before the foundation of the world to express all his attributes what he was? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord to restore the kingdom to its rightly position that fell by sin by the first Adam. Praise God. God had his kingdom and it was ruled by his 
son. Adam. Adam. And when sin came, it snatched the kingdom away from Adam. Adam was made to walk out of the garden. Miserable. With a fresh skin of an animal. Wrapped around his legs. And blood of the animal. Flowing on his legs. Amen. Amen. But behind him there was a promise. That the seed of the woman will Christ the head of the seed of the serpent. And, when, and that was the promise of the virgin born son of God. Who was to come and defeat sin. Death from the grave. To defeat Satan. No wonder we are justified people. Not only forgiven. But justified. Meaning. We never did anything to begin with. Praise God. And that takes us back to Eden. Amen. Amen. Restoring the kingdom to us. Praise God. Let me finish around here. The Bible said no man has seen God at any time. But the only begotten of the Father has declared him. So Moses saw him failed as a man. We found that God, the Jehovah of the Old Testament was just Jesus of the New Testament. And Dr. Schofield here, we find that his word changing from form. We find the word enmophy. In Greek, which means the unseen was made Visible. And Mumphy means the scene was made visible. Something that we know it's there, it cannot be seen. But yet we know that it is there. And when he changed his form, oh, the Mumphy. Which means that he changed from supernatural to natural. So you know he wanted to reveal himself to his people. That is the first purpose of God. So he emulfied himself from the supernatural to, to the natural. And he, just, and he just changed his mask. In other words, it's like a drama. He was acting. And in the Greek, when they would change their mask, maybe one, play, one player might have acted in several different parts. That's what God did. Amen. 
Amina. God changed himself from the unseen, from the invisible to the visible from the supernatural to the natural. Are we together? Amen. God in his eternal purpose was that he may manifest himself to his people. But he could not come as the great Jehovah. The covers all space and eternity. So he changed the mask from the supernatural to the natural. Amen. You are his temple. But you know you are natural. You are a human being. You are a brother, you are a sister. But in you does God. If we treated one another as God, is that the will of God? God wants to open our eyes that we start looking at one another as God. Look at your wife as God. She's a temple of God. Look at your husband as God. She's a temple of God. Look at that man, that woman, that brother, sister. When she comes to your house, look at her. Look at him as God. You have hosted God. In your house. Amen. Amen. In Joel 2 28, he promised that in the last days there would be a lot of rain poured out upon the people. In the last days, I think the Greek word there is kenos. He will pour. Amen. Amen. He out his spirit. The latter rain. And the Greek word there is. He will kenos. Amen. Amen. Not in the way that we would say like something was inside of somebody that he could empty out. But he poured himself out. You see, there is no proper English term that to, to, to express that. But the Greek, the Greek has a word. Kenos. Kenos. God melt pouring himself, emptying himself. Amen. Amina. Into Mu. his people. Mu bantube. He changed his emomphi. He changed from what he was to what he is. He never changes his nature. But on the Pentecost, he changed himself from being the son of 
the Son of God. He came not with the people. He came in the people. See the same God to carry his ministry through in this great age. Oh, hallelujah. God. Amen. A monthly himself from the invisible from the supernatural to the natural. That's how he came to Abraham. And when Abraham saw him, Abraham he called him Milo. He was so natural that God, that Abraham prepared a meal for him. Amen. Amen. And yet he knew that he was God. But he prepared for him a meal because he knew that that supernatural God was in this natural body. It was a body that could eat. If we can still sing God that way. Praise God. The God is in this brother. God is in this sister. God is in that one. When you the way you treat God, the way you would treat God, that the way you are going to treat that brother. Because you never know. He could be a real child of God. A real daughter of God. And if he is. Or if she is. Then. That is God. Behind a human skin. A God who can eat. The God that you can mingle corn bread. Oh. And you slaughter a chicken for him. And you fry chicken for him. And you serve it for him. And God eats. Hallelujah. And God eats food. Hallelujah. Amen. And after he eats food, and he blesses you. Hallelujah. Amen. And if he says, May God bless you, you receive that blessing knowing that you are After God ate his cornbread. He ate it with a lamb. I don't know whether it was a goat or what. After God ate, he appreciated Abraham. Thank you for preparing a meal for me. I've eaten. The food has been delicious. Thank you so much. And I'll come back to you. And Sarah, your wife, will conceive. will bear a son. After God eating, today, God is putting on a human flesh. God doesn't want us to see him in heaven. Supernatural. Seeing him in a supernatural way. No. God. God wants us to see him here in the flesh. God and monthly mask. 
in the pillar of fire. God a monthly in a man called Jesus. God a monthly in his church. God a perverse. God with us. God in us. The condescending of God. Up there, holy, no one could touch him. He settled upon the mountain. And even if an animal touched the mountain, had to die. That is how God is great. When he settled, he sat on the mountain. Even an animal coming close to that mountain, it was slain. That is how great our God is. Amen. But that same God, in his mercy and goodness, he comes and dwells in a human body. He comes and dwells in you. And you are the temple of the living God. Oh, who are you? I'm a son of God. Who are you? I'm a daughter of God. By his grace and mercy, he lives in me. If there is no grace, if there is no love, brother, there is mercy. If that's not a treasure we should cherish. And the Bible says, we have this treasure in the earthen vessels. The earth is the weakest material. But we have the treasure. God chose that he hides the treasure. Gold. The mighty God. The breath of the heavens and the earth. Amen. Elohim. Elohim. The self-existent one. The more important God. He comes. And puts on a jacket. Of a man. He comes. And and puts on. A jacket. Of a woman. And he comes to your house. Praise God. And you give him tea. And he brings tea. And what are you serving? You are serving God. And you make a bed for him. And he sleeps. And whom are you accommodating? God. And you have sickness. And you have a problem. And you tell him. Brother pray for me. And the brother touches you. And pray for you. And the sickness will vanish. You hope. Trusted God in your house. That is the will of God. That is the plan of God. God in you. The hope of glory. Amen. Praise God. God is among his children. God doesn't want to remain being seen in the supernatural aspect. 
Who is God? Katondayani. Has supernatural power up there. No, you have failed. You have failed. But who is God? God Katonda. is the supernatural being. The creator of heavens and the earth that lives among his people. That's why. That's why Brother Bram said the fivefold ministry is God's dress. It is God's dress where He said, when you see those men, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the man, the, 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 the pastor, the teacher, that is God is presence. That is God's presence. Amen. Amen. When you receive them, you have received God. Amen. Those men, that is only a jacket that God is wearing. Amen. Amen. But when you receive, you have received God. Then tell them what you want. Let them pray for you. And God will do it. God is that real. There is a sister who is here. sister she told me last Sunday she attended one service and she went away. Maybe she had her own program. And she said she sent me a message wondering but pastor what kind of what kind of thing are you? Are you a human being? She said, when she, then there, that I came, I spoke to her. I told her, she had my voice because she knows my voice. She could not tell it's my voice. I told her, never put other programs on Sunday. Never put other programs on Sunday. Three times. Now, who was that? That was God. That was not me. I knew nothing. I was 400 kilometers away preaching the gospel. I didn't know that she has attended one service. And she left God. She's at the second service. I didn't know. But God God was not happy that she can come and leave God here speaking in a second service she goes home when God wants her to give us a, to give him a full sacrifice if God could tell her that that's what he's telling everyone of you don't put other programs on Sunday it is a day we must give fully to God but why 
Why would God use my voice? God is not a supernatural being up there. He condescended himself from supernatural to natural. He moves himself in the human beings. We are the temples of the living God. And the fivefold ministry is God is dressed. So when your minister is ministering to you, Take your eyes behind the body and see what is behind the body. It is Jesus Christ. We are not following a man. We are following Jesus Christ. We are not pastored by Brother Gideon. We are pastored by Jesus Christ. But he has vessels that he has chosen to speak through and to pass us through. And this same sister gave a testimony. I think I read it for you last Sunday. You, you people get testimonies. You want to give them to me. I appreciate. But I wish you can give them to the church. Testimonies belong to the church. There is something they do. So when I don't keep them it's because when I don't keep them and give them out it's because I want people to know that God is present it's one of his four threefold purposes to reveal himself to his people now this sister says that some time back she fell and hurt herself and she stayed in such a way that she could not stand and walk comfortably she had a lot of pain and then uh, the way she was laying down there with a lot of pain but there was a service going on here on Sunday and she was following her. she was following the preaching on phone and brother Talent was preaching here and after preaching then she saw I think it was a vision that after prayer, talent finished preaching here, came to her house and he told her, Pastor Gideon is coming here. Amen. He's coming here to help you. Help you over to pray for you. And then she saw me come. And then I come as I came into her room. I asked her, why didn't you come to church? And then she was paining. She gave the excuse. And then I told her, you're healed. And then she got healed instantly. Then she stood and walked out and she was perfectly healthy. From that time. Amen. Now, who is that? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is your healer. But if he can come in an appearance of his servant. Doesn't that, doesn't he want you to know? Doesn't that mean that when his servant 
is praying for you. Stop looking at the man. Stop looking at the clay vessel. You see the supernatural God hiding in the skin of a human being. I believe that's the message God would want us to, to, to get in that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. To me, it means one thing. Although I'm natural and I'm weak and I'm a sinner, by the grace of God, it means I am God's servant. That's what it means to me. That God is using me. Amen. The God is veiled in me as a temple. When I say veil in me, I'm not saying the fullness of God. We only have a portion of spirit. Every one of us. That's what it means. Amen. Amen. And it also means that the people must know that God's servants he does nothing without using his servant. Is that right? Amen. Amen. So it means you should look at God's servants as him. Because he enters them and uses. If you want to respect God, respect his servants. If you disrespect them, you are disrespecting God. And not only the preachers, but even your brothers and sisters, you look at them as God is tempers. Didn't he say he would tell those ones on his right hand? I was hungry. You gave me food. I was a stranger. You took me in. Now you people are so selfish, you're in trouble. You have no room for God's children. It's only for me and my family. And you turn God's people away from benefiting from the shelter and from the food that God has given to you. You are turning God away because you are blind. But this message should open your eyes. Amen. Amen. If you believe your God is temple, believe also that what next to you is God is temple. Amen. 
And then God came down and changed his tent. Let me ask you. Why did Jesus where does it come to such a person? As a Jew with long hair, with long beards. And tells her, I've healed you. Why? Why does he come through Gideon? And he speaks to you. Oh, he touches you and heals you. Yet Jesus can come as his appearances may be in the pictures. Or as you imagine him. He can come that way. But why does he come in your pastor? Congregation. Sometime, I was preaching such a thing and I asked a congregation. In another a country. And I asked them how many people have ever seen their pastor coming to them in a vision or in a dream. And he answers their questions. And he tells them something. And he does something to help them out. Many hands went up. So it is not only here. But why can't he come direct? Yes, Jesus respecting Jesus respects offices. his offices. It's like you'd go a president It's like you'd go to the RDC and you bypassed the LC1. Katona na, I mean RDC na kuzayo. The RDC sends you back. Kuvango no respecting that local authority. Because you have to respect that local authority. Katyeshu. Now Jesus. Na ya yagala. He also wants natural bodies. He also wants you to see him in natural bodies. That is a morphing. Amen. Amen. That is the kenos. This is a deep teaching. But we don't have even time to go to That's why rapturing faith will come by the manifestation. Manifestation among the bride in our midst. Amina. Amina. Because when you see a brother that you know, brother Guomani, a natural physical man, manifest the supernatural power. The miraculous. 
and he speaks the word and the dead rises and he speaks the word amen and blind eyes open it will bring the presence of God from heaven because you think he's heaven. You think he's in heaven. It will bring the presence of God from far where you imagine it is to here. To you here. And you know God is here with us. It will bring him from history to present. Amen. Amen. In the book of Acts, that's how it was. Even unbelievers, they knew God is in this man. If he has not been able to pray for my to pray for my patient to my patient let me lay him here if the shadow of this man will touch him he will be healed because God is in this man. And let me tell you, that is the manifestation of God that the devil fears. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham, even when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, that did not raise persecution. Even when the 3,000 came to the Lord, that did not raise and stir the devil. But wait, when Peter spoke to the man, the cripple, and get beautiful, get beautiful. Save and God have such as I have again. Such as I have. What did he have? He has the supernatural now in his natural body. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And when that happened, it made the children of Satan. It made Satan seed. Make many meetings and cancel sitting. Say, what shall we do? Because a notable miracle, undeniable, has been performed by these people. And everybody is going to follow them. Then they instructed arrests. And they brought them before councils. And threatened them. And warned them not to speak in the name of Jesus to any man. What There are things that scare the devil. There are things that shake the devil. When you believe, 
Jesus and he puts on your body. There are things that shake the devil if you accept and allow Jesus to put on your body. You're so sleepy, you're not even making any amends. You keep those amends. It's like you don't believe what I'm telling you. That's why I'm going to preach to you up to six. Up to six. Huh? That is what scares the devil. When Jesus is walking in Zana. Kampala. In the roads of Kampala. When Jesus is manifested in a human being who is in the neighborhood. That is what scares the devil. Arresting them, throwing them in prison and scaring them. It is a sign that the devil is now fearing. The devil feared. He trembled. Hell shook. But these words of during those days. And Jesus told his disciples, What is he saying now? Those days, Brother Branham did this. That can stir the devil. Whenever you place God in history, Satan feels safe. Because it is yesterday. People want, in, people want to tell us, Brother Branham is present. Brother Branham I disagree. When he died, he died. Jesus Yesu. is the only immortal person who cannot die. And the God that was using that skin, he remained here. And the prophet told us, look away to Jesus. Look away. Look away from denominations. Look away from body. Look away from yesterday. Look away to Jesus. If we can only refer to what Brother Branham did. Brother Branham is the one who prayed for this cause. Brother, Brother, a cloth that was prayed for 60 years back. God has been there. 
Compare. It is the clothes that you are giving me to place upon the sick people. God has, lived, God has been in this piece of clothes for 60 years. Now, even if these people of clothes will perform a miracle, that one doesn't build faith in the people who are around. They will say, eh, God used the brother Branham. Does that cause them to believe that God is around and present? Does that one cause them rapturing faith? He used him. But he is not us. Branham is not us. And Branham is not here. So how can it scare the devil? He used him, that's true. But even the demons say, Jesus we know. And Paul we know. But who are you? has no problem when you say God use brother Branham. He knows. He knows that. And he knows Jesus. But what about today? In Zana. Among the mortal people. So get Jesus from history. Get him from the books of history. Bring him to today. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a church in Kampala. It is the oldest church in Kampala. But even up to now, they believe that in their midst there is no preacher. I was in their church and I wasn't a preacher. Lord is gracious. He took me out. And he took some other people out. The Nathans. There are even other preachers who stayed there. Their minister. They have killed that minister. The devil has killed that minister. He tells them. You have no preachers here. They listen to online services from Kenya. And you, and you become a member of that church. Are you insane? Are you bewitched? I mean, the devil doesn't fear the God who is in Kenya. That one is very far. The devil doesn't fear the God of history. The devil doesn't fear the God who is in America. The God won't come here and shake him. My ministry after, after I left that place has been now has existed for 24 years. When I was there, that there was no preaching in their ministry. 
Even up to now, they've never had a preacher. An East African preacher is one in Kenya. Now when he will die, they cannot preach. Which kind of a preacher is that? Who takes 30 years? And he has never raised another preacher in his ministry. Which kind of ministry is that? Time has come and we look the devil into the face and we tell him you are the devil. But if you beat around the bush and turn around a big church the oldest church in Kampala that existed before I got saved even up to now they don't have a preacher. They have to follow live streamings. From Kenya. In Kenya, if they fail to fellowship, these ones just put on a tape of that preacher. The devil enjoys so much. He enjoys so much you taking God out of the people who are here. When you take God from the people you are living with here, and you put him somewhere either in yesterday. All in a geographical distance, Satan feels safe. But I'm here to tell you, you are the temple. You are the temple. Weak as you are, you are the temple of the God. And God dwells in you. And he that receives you receives God. And he that curses you he will be cast. And he that blesses you he will be blessed because you cannot cast God. And God, you are gods. You are amateur gods. If we want God, we shall not look for him in the supernatural his original and eternal purpose is that the supernatural becomes natural. I was told of a place here in East Africa. A preacher went there and preached and performed miracles and 200 souls came and were baptized. 
After baptizing them, he's an evangelist. He yeah, left and went back to his, to his home city. And the local pastors, they gave pieces of clothes to those new converts that Brother Branham prayed for. We have a problem here. A Catholic spirit has come following. It's an invasion of error. And people have those, those pieces of clothes and they pin, they pin them in their jackets. And pastors divide them so that every member has something that remember that keeps and protects him. If you fall sick, if you feel headache, you put the cloth. Brother Branham prayed Brother for Branham you. If you feel headache, if you feel a back prayer, put it there. Brother Branham prayed Brother Branham for you. What's wrong with you? Did you understand the message? You. Did you understand the message? Brother Branham Yatugamba. Brother Branham told us. Yes. Tiatulekera relics and tokens. That Jesus didn't leave us lyrics and tokens. Nagamba, yes. And he said, Jesus uses human flesh that has pulse in it. Gideon when I Gideon when I was young, and I no longer have pulse in me. You'll not need me anymore. You keep the words I told you. But you don't need my body or any physical thing from me. The spirit of God will be using someone else here. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham God takes his men, but he does not take his spirit. The spirit that was in a certain man, when the man goes, it goes into another man. When the spirit of God was in Elijah, it came into Elisha. When Elisha went, it went into others. Uh, you think if Paul left us pieces of clothes, wouldn't they even be existing up to now? If Jesus left us lyrics and something that we could hold on to, if God lives in a piece of cloth for 60 years, then he can exist in that piece of cloth and live in it for 2,000 years. That's what Jesus would have left us. Do you think you think having something, and I know this thing has power that he, that he drew from Jesus that Christ. That was him put there by the Son of God. He, was, he held this thing in his hands and he put power there. Don't you think that would have worked better? Huh? But he never did that. But they are 
places where he put his power. Wait in the upper room. For you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What will bring rapturing strength in the bride is when God is lifted from 60 years back to present. To me, that is a disarmament of the bride. And no, no prayer, no preaching the message. You got only to listen to the church. Why should, if I know I'm coming here just to to play a tape. Where should I fast and pray? Go to use me. Why? If I have a cloth that is already anointed, why should I fast and pray? Because it is this thing that is going to do the work. Praise God. But in every age, there are such things that follow the revival. So even in the revival of Jesus Christ, of the, of the message of, the, of Malachi 4, that had to follow. Praise God. Amen.